0: So here we are, this Saturday morning show, we're going to be talking about this morning about autumn curb appeal, but the sounds of it, you wouldn't think it's going to be (laughs) autumn outside, because it's certainly not like that in the last couple of days anyway, put it that way. But this is all about top seasonal tips for dazzling photographs, and also first impressions. We talk about this so many times, Richard, don't we, about the first impressions?
1: Yeah, curb appeal is just paramount when you're uh, looking at a property, the first impression you get from standing outside, looking at it, whether it's the garden, whether it's the house's presentation itself, um, even how if it's in the autumn time and into the winter, with the lights on and the warm feeling, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that combine to give you that curb feel.
0: Yeah, and it's so important when it comes to sales, and also when it comes to lettings, when you think about it, yeah. because you know if you're trying to rent a house, nobody's going to take it if it looks like the you know the back of beyond.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not just sales; it is for lettings as well. I know, obviously, sales listings differ slightly from what we do in lettings, but, curb appeal and how the property is presented is really important.
0: But you've got to admit, though, there's something special about autumn. It is really the season of magic and mayhem uh, for selling your home. Uh, you have things like, you know, on one hand, it's the it's the light. And the light is lovely at this time of year overall. Uh, and then when the sun hits the golden brown, yellow leaves on the trees they take a, a that golden glow um, and it, it gives you it gives you photographs that sort of shimmering look. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, the weather can play havoc with the front of house presentations, the prospects of um, overflowing gutters yeah, because <laughs> it's like everything comes off the trees especially where I am, I'm right next to a Glen so literally everything gets blown off the trees into the gutters and and then the next minute you get a torrential rain and everything is just pouring on, all over the driveway and you know, uh, it's not the greatest impression to have especially when you're selling this is why a lot of people actually, I suppose say, oh I'll wait till spring or I'll wait till summer um, but it could be a totally different market by next year, isn't it?
1: yeah definitely and at summertime and that you get some amazing lasting pictures and the, the, the summertime and everybody's gardens in bloom and you've got the sun high in the sky and the blue skies and things but you're right the autumn time you get that low level light and do you know if you catch it at the right time and you know all the mix of the the orange and like burnt colors and things you, you could really have um good pictures taking if you've got a good photographer they'll capture that Obviously, we could, re- we, could days days
0: sky, we? we could always yeah. replace a sky.
1: You can't always do that, but um, but yeah, you could catch a real, a real magical kind of uh, feeling in a picture for listing in this time of year.
0: Yeah, so the littered lawns and you know things like that, and uh, and withering plant life uh, becomes all becomes real, I suppose. Uh, whether mm-hmm. whether it's online or in person, the, out, the outside of your home is the first thing most buyers will actually see. Then, um, and it can generate inquiries. It can set the tone for the views. Um, and it can give some, it can give some confidence to offer as well. Overall, uh, I think that's what's the most important thing of this. Um, yeah. So, with that in mind, our show for this week is all about brushing up on every little corner of your autumn curb appeal. And you know, do you want to go over some of the some of the um, the topics that we're going to talk about today, Richard?
1: Yeah, I mean, firstly, obviously, people are going to ask the question that why curb appeal actually matters so much. So we'll have a wee chat about that. We'll look at the, the garden initially because that's what you walk through to meet, to get to the property, yeah. to meet the, or whatever, paths, plants, parking, the the walls, the windows and the woodwork. And like mm-hmm. you said, um, the, the roof and the rainwater goods and obviously cars and things get blocked at this time of year and focusing on your front door, as I said, you lead up to that front door. Is your front door is it nicely fresh paint? Is it you know is it flaking? Is it weathered? Do you know need to look at that as well? So they are all things we're going to talk about today.
0: It's no easy to paint at this time of year, though, is it? With the temperature, because you know, yeah, often, you need, you need that even though time, it's a great but... day, uh, even though it's a great day, the humidity might not be right. Therefore, the paint might not actually dry as a pro- as 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 good as it can be. And then the rain comes along, and then it causes a problem after that. So you know, really, um, it's all about getting the timing right. But, but importantly, it shouldn't put people off selling their house in, in, in this period of year. I often say that this is possibly one of the
1: best time, and I mean, I say it every time, don't I? This is the best time of year to sell your house. <laughs> I think if but you it capitalize is, on the right, the right elements of that time of year, it can be the right time to sell. Hit the nail on the head. I, I, think and I think that's what it is. If you're planning to sell your home in the autumn, then if you're listening today, you're in exactly the right place to get your curb appeal on point. Uh, as a magnet to attract the best buyers. Yeah, definitely.
0: Now, let me just recap about that. So we often say, you know, people do say spring, summer, all the rest of it, I'll wait till then. It could be a completely different market then. And the marginal gains you'll get from waiting is will probably um, will probably be far outweighed by the benefit of putting your house on the market now and getting certainty and getting the price you want. After all, six months time, it could be a completely different market and it, it probably will be more than likely. Um, will it be a boom market? Will it be a stable market? Will it be a declining market? You never know. And if you can't take that risk, and you need a better certainty now, then probably now is the time to do it for you. But then it's all about, I suppose, getting the best advice from your estate agent at that point in time and taking them around. This is what I keep saying to people every single time, Richard. This is only born out of experience over the years when people actually call me out. I get people call them out to listen, you know, to value their house. And, and, and they're often at the stage where they've got everything they think is perfect and ready to go. And they've spent an absolute fortune on it. And I'm talking about a fortune as in tens of thousands of pounds yeah. to do it. And then I, I I don't have the heart to tell them sometimes. It's like You didn't really need to do that. It wasn't absolutely necessary. You've probably just cost yourself about 15 or 20,000 pounds. And and see where the added value is in doing and and getting someone out beforehand and actually advising them. This is where I often go out to people and they go, you know, they'll they'll say to you. And then I'm talking traditionally to the people about the cheap fee people. You know, I I just want the cheapest fee possible. But you don't realize the advice and expertise that you're often getting from your estate agent far outweighs even the fee that you're going to pay them because it's almost covered in the fact that what they've done and the advice they've given you there and then. And, yeah. and people treat that, um, I'm not sure if they actually give it the respect to they should give it because it's often down to the, the, the fact that if you get it for free, you don't really value
1: it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah, I think you're, you're totally right and if your agent knows what they're doing and knows how to properly market your property and advise you and they're very knowledgeable about the market and and ultimately achieve you an amazing price point at the end yeah. for selling, then they're, they're worth their weight in gold.
0: And then the other one is as well, is what happens if you do wait till next year and, uh, and it doesn't go according to plan? That's why I often say to people, "Look, put your house in the market now and manage the sale." I actually mm-hmm. noticed this morning there's a guy that put his house on with another estate agent. That's fine. That's that's his choice. That's entirely yeah. up to him. But he's actually he, him and his partner are in somebody else's house and they've been in there for about three months, living at their house, what? still waiting on a place coming up. And I'm like, what? Why did your estate agent not manage that sale? Why did uh, your estate agent not get a buyer to come along to agree to the right circumstances that allowed you to then find your place and chain, to, yeah. everything to coincide in the chain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And not, they're just like, yeah, okay, you'll just have to move out It's say, uh, oh, but where'd I go? Well, it's your problem. So, so and timeless. left them
1: in London, basically, yeah.
0: Literally just leaving people homeless. An estate yeah. agent leaving people homeless.
1: <laughs> that's that's, that's way, weird. <laughs>
0: It, it, but essentially that's what they're doing isn't it yeah and then as, as well as the the restriction and supply of rental accommodation that's you know it's, it's difficult to even get that you know yourself how difficult it is now for people to get how many people are actually chasing one tenancy at a time one property
1: oh there's there's a lot i mean we then amount inquiries and people get frustrated so much because they feel like they're being passed over or, or not getting considered correctly and it's like it's it's not humanly possible for us to actually go through them in inquiries and and full circle do you know what i mean everybody gets touched base with as much as they can but we just only one person could go on one property or one family could do you know what i mean and and we've got i mean there was one at one point we had 90 inquiries in one day 90 yeah well yeah one property. property or one property
0: and and it's it's practically impossible to get back to everybody isn't it
1: yeah I mean, Doesn't that was to
0: everybody to say. I'm sorry, you're unsuccessful. It's like, okay, you, you know, you're unsuccessful. But if you don't get back to somebody, it's like the take your grievance is like, oh, you're, you're leaving me out of this. So you're caught between a rock and a hard place because you really you, you could essentially be just employing one person full time just to get back to people to tell them they were unsuccessful. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely I could. <laughs> uh,
0: that was yeah. no cost effective, is it?
1: No, no, definitely not. And I mean, things are, are demand is still really busy in the lettings market, but. Um, It was even worse, or even busier, should I say, uh, earlier in the year. I'll I'll not use the word worst, but um, yeah, it was busier.
0: (laughs) You're picking up on our wealth creation. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much. Um, Let's talk about curb appeal. So, why would curb appeal matter so much? Well, as we say every single time, this is all about first impressions, are formed within jeez seconds i suppose mm-hmm. you know people used to say that you know first three seconds, but nowadays it's almost like the first three tenths of a second as people have formulated their judgment straight away before you've even got anything done as soon as they see something. And often what happens every single time is when a property gets listed, some people just don't inquire. They go and drive round to the property. they look for the for sale board and then they find the property as a result of that. So that's why it's important to have a for sale board up. Um, But then they find the property as a result of that. And then they look for themselves before they even inquire at all. Now, as an estate agent, how on earth are you supposed to capture some of these details with that? Because it's, it's, it's practically impossible to do that. Um, so that's the difficulty. So curb appeal is everything. Um, one study found actually that ninety-three percent of buyers pass judgment on a property from its outside appearance. So your curb appeal definitely
1: matters in this whole thing. In spades, actually, when you, when you look at it. No, it, it makes um, me think of. It makes yeah. me think of. You know, think of somebody scrolling through uh, Right Move or even your own website if you're an agent and things, or and or think of yourself if you're looking for a home. You swipe right. You swipe through. You're looking at that lead image, and if it doesn't if it doesn't catch your attention, you're swiping right yeah. past that. You know, it's a bit definitely like a dating app? You know that, you know that I use dating apps or, or have to use, The lead, you know, the the lead
0: image counts every single time, doesn't yeah. it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And they're swiped they're swiped off the screen within settings if if that doesn't have that capability. appeal to you. So yeah, I think really the the front of your home comes in um, for, for for a lot of scrutiny from potential buyers and arguably more than any other of the rooms and things inside. I know people are really driven by kitchens and bathrooms and these new, new certain areas of the home, but if you've not got that curb appeal and that first image right, um, then they will obviously swipe right past that or, or people just move no on and the next
0: I've seen people turn up and when I've, even for a viewing, I've actually seen people turn up prior to the viewing, then they've, they've turned around the phone back in and says, look, we've decided we're no going and I'm like, yeah. But you've not even seen the house. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I've that. Before. And then they've gone. But we drove past. What? Certainly, you you drove past and made a full assessment about what the the, the property is like on based on the drive by. That's un, that's unbelievable when you think about it. So that just shows me the definite power of actually making sure that you've got curb appeal. Um. Arguably, it's more than any other room, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, and a lot, and it's difficult. It can be difficult sometimes, and especially in areas where properties can be deceptive from outside. I mean, you, you know, Jim, you could walk into this small doorway, with a window, and you walk into this labyrinth of a property with amazing views at the back and things it goes all so, the way back. Yeah. So, so you, you just know,
0: see this tiny wee, the tiny wee terrace building, but you, you don't realise it goes back for about three stories. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've developed upstairs into the attic or something like that. That's quite classic for, um, mm-hmm. for the East Nuke. That's quite yeah, classic. That's for the area I was thinking of
1: when I said that, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, buyers actually visit properties in many different ways, including initial drive-bys, as i said, yes. um, arranging for the viewings, chatting outside when they leave, um, especially with neighbours. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you're on side with your neighbors, definitely, yeah. because that could often make a break it when people talk to neighbors. Um, they often as well return for a second look. Now, I don't know about you, but I I get the experience of getting the first impression when I walk in the doors of an estate agent. And the reason for that is because I'm seeing the property for the first time. So yeah. often the seller will say to me when they're taking me around, it's like, oh, you see this and you see that's wrong and this is wrong and will I do this and will I do that? And I'm like, I don't see any of that at all when I'm walking around. You will, A buyer will not notice these niggly things either. And I'm talking about things like maybe a chip in the, the, the woodwork, maybe a loose handle on the door. and um, These sort of things, I mean, they could be easily um, repaired or they could be easily sorted but it's often we get to a point where we're so it's it's again we're coming back to marginal gains aren't we it's the it's yeah. the perfection thing it's like everything has to be a showroom condition no it doesn't because you i'll guarantee you most people come in and put their own stamp on it so you've just decorated your whole house somebody's
1: gonna do it right in the back of you yeah i think as, as long as things are like i was uh, fillet inside as well and it's like as long as things are fit for purpose it's clean it's do you know what i mean it's fresh and all those wee niggly points that really don't matter too much. You just fixated on them so much because you live with them and you know they're yeah. there because maybe, do you know what I mean, you caused them or something. So you need to kind of have that. And it's good to have an agent to come in and give you that uh, outside opinion.
0: Yeah, and they will, they will drive by sitting uh, down again, checking the location at another time of day, because that's often what uh, the helpful tips is from, from, from most of the agents, even like ourselves. Uh, despite the saying, telling us not to, Uh, people do judge a book by its cover. Definitely. Every single time. Every single time, I guarantee you, when you're out and about, you're possibly judging a book by its cover. How many times do you sit in the pub and people
1: watch? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Everybody everybody does that. And whether it's people or whether it's houses, do you know anything, you do judge things by your initial, um, by that initial image and what you perceive it to be like. So
0: you may as well encourage that then by making your home irresistible from the front and and just making it wow. And in short, think about the curb appeal as a poster for a movie. It's the teaser trailer. I mean, when we do a pre-portal or we do a personal property tour, the first thing you see is the front of the house. Yeah, uh, and if that doesn't catch your imagination, you'll probably find that most people will not continue to watch the video tour after that because it's maybe run down and it maybe doesn't suit their criteria straight away. So off mm-hmm. the bat, when you're doing a video, you need to capture somebody's attention and actually get them get them anchored in right yeah. away,
1: just like. And you need to do that mission. within seconds as well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just like we're fishing. That's mm-hmm. literally what you're having to do with video and uh, and literally what you have to do with uh, your care appeal as well. You're getting somebody to click through from a website on, based on one photograph for most agents. I know we do feature property. We do premium listings. Yeah. We have multiple photographs on the front that attracts a bigger audience to click through and click in. But most estate agents don't have these tools that they're making because they cost money. It's a big investment to get them. So they'll just opt for the one photograph um, determines everything one photograph that's quite frightening when you think about it one photograph will determine when somebody's scrolling through on on their phone one photograph will determine whether they actually just scroll right past imagine if you get a video though it goes welcome and it's like whoa wait a minute what's this person saying
1: yeah differently that's how video is so important also we referenced i mean the east nukes quite common for this because the, the actual front of the property isn't really much, but the rear of the property is some, it's spectacular and you can lead with the rear. But I think we talk about curb, curb appeal from the, the front and predominantly that's what um, what will be on a listing. And I mentioned when we started about the paths and the plants and the parking at the front, Do you know, so with the days getting shorter and things as uh, autumn and into winter approaches, it's really easy to miss uh, what autumn's toll, especially in this weather that we've been having, has on your front garden. And particularly when, you know, people are rushing about to work and to school run, and and you kind of forget about it, but you have to remember when buyers are coming to your front door, they're going to pick up on your front front garden and that lead up to your front door. So it, it really pays to keep it in check.
0: I definitely think so. I mean, if you well, if you've got a driveway, for example, then jet wash it. For goodness' sake, if it, you know, it takes years off the age of the drive, um, and and it could. You might have just got a jet washed, you know, a couple of months ago, or maybe even a year ago. But if, you're, if you, who was it I was talking to the other day? Oh, the lawn. They said about the lawn. We put an artificial lawn down. We thought that would really do the job, but they lived mm-hmm. right next to all these trees. And and almost a glen next door to them, or yeah. countryside location, and literally within a couple of months, the whole artificial lawn was covered in moss. Ah, I see. So yeah. it, it it's easy to quickly do that, um, just to clean it down and keep it maintained. Uh, also, there's things like roofs as well, just to make sure it's just clean and tidy. As we'd said before, it's it's just li- literally just clearing all the leaves up and just making it so it's not. And and you've got the typical example about. I don't know about you, but I've got certain areas in my house where all the leaves just pile into. Um, you've and, got and then, trees,
1: you know. you've got a lot more trees around you. I tell them about it. <laughs> you know, you're right though, cause driveways and parking spaces and no, things... A house can be snowed under a
0: pile of leaves at the end of it, if I left it, I'll tell you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, driveways um, and parking spaces and things are such a big selling point. And if you could really like, showcase them for what they are and how many cars could actually get out and they're, if they're clean and tidy and like you see. The, you remove all the moss for the stone and the pathways, and make them less slippery and more visible, and trim everything back um, so there's no straggly grass and foliage hanging over pathways and driveways. Mm-hmm. It just makes it all that much better, and it really does give it a better. You don't uh, want charge.
0: it too sterile, though, don't you? You, you no, want it. There's, there's a happy crisp, But you can soften it up by putting, you know, uh, seasonal planters around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, just so people know that, you know, um, you've got the classics like the Hollies, um, know, the, know the group by the way, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> oh, the Hollies singing you. a song, <laughs> I just I have know. that image of the Hollies singing a song, <laughs> standing at the front of the drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, your your holly and stuff like that. Yeah. The seasonal stuff—it's always there. Uh, your typical conifers uh, last all year round. Ever- I mean, the, 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 stuff, yeah. a bit of green, yeah. The evergreen thing—that's that's what it is. Uh, if people can see a bit of evergreen, it just returns them back to nature, I suppose, and and that sort of uh, that relaxed feeling overall. Um, so it takes the edges off it being a bit sterile um, when you do it, because it's, it's completely obvious that you've obviously cleaned it top to bottom. If it if it if it, if it, if it does look like that, yeah. um, so so you could kind of make it um almost like you you maintain it but it's not just done for that purpose i suppose yeah. by by doing these things um we talked about leaves it's like geez it's a never-ending thing you uh, you just you're continually raking up leaves all the time and debris uh, every single week possibly every other day depending on where you're living um uh, deadhead brown flowers and leaves and uh, you know so inject a dash of autumn
1: colour with uh, maybe some seasonal blooms, as we said. Yeah. Yeah, you do get things for yeah. this time of year that are still in bloom and do you know not just your normal like evergreens and things, you do get things that still bloom at this time of year before we hit the really cold weather. So even think about incorporating them into the garden. Like my like my self-proclaimed title,
0: Real I? Did that, I you. Not,
1: yeah, noticed that I meant to say. <laughs>
0: I was I forgot to take that off. I was just having a laugh with myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're, if you're too busy, really, you're too busy not not to be able to do this. Because people live busy lives. Let's be honest, and, yeah. and simply not for the task. It's worth actually employing somebody, just a handy person to do this, and uh, someone uh, to keep everything tidy um, for a picture perfect welcome uh, at, at that time of year. Remember, it's only it's only short term. You're going to have to do this. Because at some point, you'll have sold your house and three or four months later, it's actually moved out, you don't need to do it ever again.
1: Woohoo. for some people eh? there. A lot of people who have got bigger gardens and a a bit more mature gardens and things as well, to have somebody come in seasonally every few weeks, it's it's quite minimal in cost compared to the amount of time it would actually take you to do it yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do that and it's worthwhile.
0: It's finding out the right person. So how do we go about finding out the, the right people for it? I I think the best per, the best place for this is social media and Facebook. Yeah. Um just to ask for recommendations from other people. I've had handy persons. Te- so the, the classic is go on and explain what jobs you're needing done. Um and then you'll get the right responses from you know, the right people getting tagged in. Uh, everybody knows that they have used them before, but make sure it's somebody it, somebody else is used. Yeah. Because often what you do get oh, go and use them, go and use them. And you're like, Have you used them? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> so, so it's not exactly a recommendation because you've never used them. Well, how would I would I know they're any good? Because anybody can gloss anything up on Instagram, can't they? Yeah. You know, it's like, look what we've done. But it's like, when you go around, it's like the, the, the cementing's no done right, the pointing's no done right. But it looks all right in the photograph. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, what I, I think as well. Fun. When you get recommendations on social media, it's worth when you speak to the contractor. It's like, have you got any customers that could give recommendations as well? I think that's actually quite important. Yeah. Um, so you got anybody I could speak to, I could give them a recommendation as well for the very fact that it's somebody you dealt with. And, uh, and I'll be honest, most contractors shouldn't bat an eyelid about that. They should have somebody available to be able to give a personal recommendation, word of mouth or something like that um if if they don't then you've got to kind of think to yourself why would they not know somebody on hand to be able to do that for you that's a classic like the esters you know we ask people to go in on the esters and independently vote for us and they also the reviews they get the option whatever they want to write in the review they can write the worst review in the world yeah and it's like we've no got a chance we can't exclude that that'll appear live whether we like it or not I'm not inviting anybody. Doesn't it doesn't like us, by the way. <laughs> to... <laughs> Just go on. No, I do realise sometimes, you know, the, the You can't please people all every time, all of the time. You can only please people within the people that like you. I suppose yeah. uh, that's the old adage. Uh, you know yourself. Um, so, you, so the most important thing is probably get recommendations when you come to stuff like that um, from contractors. What about, yeah. how important then is the we talked about this at the beginning, you said you were wanting to talk about this. Yeah. It's the walls, the windows, and the woodwork. I mean, how important it is. And the challenge you've got right now with the fact that this time of year, it's no easy to do all that stuff. Interior-wise, yeah. yes. Exterior, a bit more difficult because of the weather conditions.
1: Yeah, and it's like, as we go through this, you'll probably, probably think like, well, obviously we've started at the gate, we've come through the garden, we're up the path, now we're at the front of the house. And it's really, we're yeah. looking at the exterior and it's the walls and the windows and the woodwork and I mean cracks and and things look nice on pottery and oil paintings, but not on the front of your property. Um yeah. so the but the outside of your property really needs to look good. And to pop outside and do a bit of quick maintenance and things and audit it to see if anything needs attention should be something that you do regularly and not just leading up to maybe, oh, I'm gonna sell it, I'm gonna now look after it you've got if you've got timber frame windows they might be double glazed unit units but you've got timber frame windows or you've got timber doors or things you know they need regular maintenance and you should do that on a regular basis anyway because if you go and try and remedy that at the last minute you'll probably find that maybe past um eh? yes so
0: often sometimes as well your, your timbers got to the point where it's it's maybe dried out so much or it's damaged so much it's beyond repair. Don't worry though, um, because you got a lot of good joiners that could actually take a section out of a window and actually replace it. You yeah. know, uh, you know. the case in point was, we had a contractor who was absolutely fantastic for our leading office, where as everybody else said, you need the whole thing replaced he came along and actually just said, no, 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 I could just cut the sections out, I could piece another bit in to that wood, I can then fettle it in, and then I could just prime it, I could paint it, yeah. and it's all done. And literally we had got a bill for estimated at 15,000 pound and it was 700 quid at the end of it. Yeah,
1: and that was that window is like six by six or something I think is it is, it's a big yeah. Pain. yeah, Yeah, so
0: so that's why it's important to get the right people to do the right jobs, and, and it is back to, again to recommendations. So the the agent paintwork, as you had said, Richard, um, sand it down, give it a fresh coat of a weatherproofing uh, paint. Do you get paints that sometimes you can just paint in all weathers?
1: I um, I think there's ones that are that are obviously rather than your typical paints. You've got ones that react quicker and and set in, and you can do it. So there's a shorter time frame where you need to yeah, obviously leave them in between because obviously you've got shorter periods, especially like what it's like been like the last few days. And um, between weather spells like this, you can maybe get in there and do that, and they do set quicker.
0: That's probably where it's more important at this time of year. Then, is as soon as you get a dry and, and sunny day, as uh, or, or reasonable day, then just go out and make an effort. Go and go and mm-hmm. do something because it's better than nothing. Because you don't know when the weather's going to recover to to, the, to that. That. Good weather again, uh, considering the time of year. So while well, autumn has all these beautiful cars that come out and and everything else, but the the I think the 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 not so good side of autumn is the temperature starts to drop.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and the coldness sets in. I've got my heating on.
1: Yeah, people <laughs> you know, know
0: you how I said that as if I really resented it That's the fact nice. that I've got my
1: heating on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've, I've had mine on as well, obviously. But um, you know, people also notice as well. Your know, door, doors start to stick, and do you know if there's timber uh, units and things, they start to expand in this type of weather if they've not treated correctly and got the, the right cover on them, you'll notice that they'll stick. Yeah,
0: especially the front doors. Eh? Yeah, and, and it often gets up through the through the bottom of the door because somebody's cut the bottom of the door in the first instance. Easier. They've not actually sealed it or, or primed it to make sure no water ingress gets back in. Therefore, the door starts to swell. You're right. And then what happens is you then shave the door because the door swelled, and then you it fits perfect. And then when it comes to when it comes to spring and summer, it dries out again and shrinks. Yeah. <laughs> now you've got a gaping gap where there's a if there's a high wind one day, it comes through your door, and you're like, you're no draft-proof anymore. Um, so it, it it probably tells us then uh, you're better to do it right first time, first time yeah. and take the effort to do it Th- things like windows and stuff like that you know clean them all clean them all yeah down
1: definitely thoroughly. yeah Perfect. definitely cleaning windows is something that always gets overlooked I mean they really need clean thoroughly including the glass the framework um consider placing lamps or even some candles or do you know it's, it, nowadays it's the oil burners and things um, and yeah. you know set them around uh, on ledges or or where they are just to create that kind of warm glow and that's what it says is you approach a property if there's an, a lamp on or do you know candles or something creating that nice glow and it's that time of year and do you know when yeah. you've got the whole sun and do you know it, it's all these wee things that add in together and create that kind of what's the word ambience
0: that's that the coziness as well it's the coziness when you come in there's yeah. there's nothing i mean you could you imagine uh, well here's the classic picture uh you go into the bathroom the bath is filled with uh, bubbles because it's a mm-hmm. bubble bath you've got ambient candles round about the bathroom itself the lights are out so it gives them that flicker up the walls yeah. all over and it just feels nice and cozy and that's kind of what you're trying to recreate in other rooms. I'm not saying put a, a bath in your
1: living room, by the way. No, no. And also that 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 warm. in one of, of these rooms this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, that warm kind of ambient feeling it also can be created. You know, if you've got a log burner, if you do have an open fire, have that on.
0: That's a good point. Eh? And, and and even if it's not that time of year and it's maybe really warm in your house so it's not overpowering just put these starter kit log burners in so you know yeah, how you get the wee packet cool you just in. you just light it it's a lighter for a log burner um, just to get it all started up but it lasts maybe what about 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it's entirely. but you put it on just before they're about to come in the door by the time they walk in the living room it's like wow i could see myself sitting here um yeah. you know that's i think that i think that's everything it just just everything for for when people come in the door uh, buyers often associate exterior repairs and uh, we great expense remember um it's and also hidden problems mm-hmm. but many jobs are easy to fix and the cost is more uh, the cost is is, is more uh, than covered and, uh, by the, the faster and possibly higher selling price at the same time yeah definitely. this brings me to this time of year especially when we talk about roofs and rainwater um, yeah. goods and stuff like that. Oh, it's horrendous at this time of year, isn't it? It's, yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, I know this is a sales show, but um, lettings at this time of year, because we look after so many rental properties, if it's rainy and windy, we know when the phone's going to be ringing. So, uh, yeah. Every single so,
0: time, doesn't it? Because yeah, yeah. I, 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 a friend used to say to me every single time, he used to say, look, Jim, water finds the easiest way.
1: Yeah.
0: Always finds Says, the aris- You could You could literally have a loose slate on the top ridge of your property, and the water could end up coming down inside the property on the, uh, you know, in the front of the property in a completely different room from where that's over because it travels right down the, yeah. the you know, the, the wherever at the joist, it travels right down the joist to the bottom and then starts to drip into the room at the corner of the, the, the actual, the, the wall itself on the exterior. Uh, and everybody thinks it's like, oh, it's my guards. It's like, no, no, no. It's it's the it's the loose slate on the top on the ridge mm-hmm. that's causing yeah. that problem. This is why I often say for um, for roofers. Uh, and I'm you know I'm not trying to tell roofers how to do their job, but I'm trying to tell roofers how to do their job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Don't just assume that you know what you're doing when you look at the roof, go inside and actually get inside the loft for a change and have a look inside the attic and see where the water's coming in and see where it's traveling to, so you know exactly that is the problem in the first place that you diagnosed without actually even looking inside. Yeah. That's just my wee dig at some of the roofers.
1: No. And yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's the exterior of the property and the roofs and the gutters are a really big problem at this time of year. And I think with autumn, it, we all know that it comes with rain, yeah. and um, a watertight home is really priority number one. Yeah. And so while there's still time to get ahead of that weather, although well, maybe we're, we're already in it, but uh, there is a kind of checklist to to spot out and solve problems before it really turns into a drama, before it becomes something a lot bigger. Yeah. And like you said, Jim, I mean, initially look at the roof, look for slit tiles and slates and see if there's any flashings that have come loose um, and anything else that needs repaired it's good to do that visually check but that's a good point jim don't just do it from outside do it from inside as well um gutters obviously check the gutters and see if any of them have become locked, uh, blocked jim you spoke about fallen leaves is a really big problem for that or growth as well and uh look at look for nests and things that are blown down from the trees if you live near trees they all get stuck in the gutters um and whether right. it's
0: important to get these wee you know the wee meshes that you put over yeah. your downpipes. Yeah. Uh, you put over your downpipes, so if, if if any dirt or leaves comes towards the downpipe and from the gutter, it actually it actually cuts them all before they go down and actually block block your um block your uh, downpipe. Now a classic can here is sometimes if, in flats if the downpipe gets blocked, the downstairs property can actually end up flooding. Yeah. Because of the back flush. Because what happened, and I've had it happen. So this was a property where upstairs, downstairs, they put their washing machine on, they went out for the day, which is what you normally do anyway. Mm -hmm. The downpipe was blocked. So what had happened was the washing machine then emptied all the water in the downpipe. The downpipe then filled up, but then the only way water finds a way Yep. The quickest way for it to go was out back flush through the pipe. Where my downpipe was going to, for my sink, and the actual water back flushed because it was that much pressure with the amount of, the amount of rain going down the, the downpipe itself. There it was that much pressure, the water back flushed and blew all into the kitchen.
1: Yeah, I've seen that happen a few times. So
0: that's why it's so important to make sure your gutters are all cleaned because then it could cause a real problem later on. It, I'll, it's the old thing about prevention is better than cure, isn't it?
1: yeah definitely and like you said about the, the caps that you put on the downpipes and things you also get uh, i've got one uh, quite a rural property that has this and it's got they're like large pipe cleaners and they run all the way along the um the gutters i think it's actually predominantly for birds nesting and squirrels and things but it also acts as um it stops the leaves from gathering as well they're really oh, quite I good i know
0: what you're talking about like yeah. almost almost like you know how you get the the plastic binders on the end of your on the end yeah. of the things and it's mm-hmm. almost like that putting the gutter on a bigger scale yeah. mm-hmm. so it's just the water gets through but nothing else actually sits in the gutter that's a good point actually yeah,
1: that's really a really good, good
0: point because literally nothing will sit in the gutter then it'll all just out the gutter but the water actually gets into it and gets away
1: yeah
0: surprisingly yeah, everybody good. does that and not all i'm surprised all the house builders don't incorporate that into their model for the, the
1: other companies i could only think of the one that's actually got that
0: that is a good point yeah I never even thought about it like that and the fact could you adapt just thinking off the top of my head you know how you get the the long hoses could you mm-hmm. adapt some sort of putting holes in the hoses and actually just putting a big long thick hose sitting it in the gutter itself so the water gets in but no leaves actually sit in your gutter
1: yeah
0: mm, that's a good point yeah
1: yeah okay <laughs> you get, you get part, <laughs>
0: Aye, anybody, don't steal that idea <laughs> by the way, that's uh, Pat and Pending, Pat, <laughs> who's that Pat, Pat Pending? Oh, that's uh, Dick Dasterly in Wacky Races, Professor Pat Pending.
1: No, I, I remember Wacky Races, I can't remember that one.
0: Uh, Professor Pat Pending was one of them, one of the characters in there. Oh, okay.
1: I'll see <laughs> your word for it.
0: It's good how they had that, uh, Professor Pat Pending. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, right. Um. So gutters become blocked. Fallen leaves, nests blowing around, litter. Make sure you've uh, when there are any sections have become loose. That's another mm-hmm. important point as well. The downpipes where it is a bit loose, you will see if you look on the outside of most properties. Um, if they've got a problem, uh, for downpipes and that in the gutter, you'll maybe see moss gathering around joints up along um the OG gardens, which are the big old cast iron guns Yeah. Um, so you know straight away that the joints are actually leaking and because it's got all that moss um, just down below it or the back of the downpipes where you actually see moss coming out because often downpipes actually corrode at the back where it's done. you know yourself there's a classic where people used to do the harling they never used to take the downpipe off and actually do the harling behind it they just harled right into the downpipe itself so if that harling that uh, has a defective seal the water just goes right into the back of there soaks right into the brick and you have got a damp problem and yeah. then it also corrodes the back of the pipe and therefore the pipe sometimes cracks and you don't know about it and then more seeps into your property. So while you think you've got rising damp, in actual fact, it's a defective downpipe.
1: Yeah, and it's just the water ingressing continually, and it could be quite, yeah. could be quite detrimental if it's not picked up uh, quick enough.
0: So perhaps it goes without saying that for any leaks in the past, you should make you should make good any of the stains or the damage to remove uh, the thought. To remove now, this is why it's important to remove the thought in the minds of buyers uh, that potentially could be some expensive surprises ahead. Yeah, a lot. That's a lot. Why, so if you do have that moss on the outside, just just take a wire brush and and get rid of it.
1: Yeah, because you may have fixed something, and in your mind uh, a wee bit moss. Well, it's fine. But the, I know the problem's fixed. But visually, if a buyer comes up and spots that, they're going to say there's been a problem or there is a problem. And if they know there has been a problem, although it's fixed, they might think well, that's going to come back again. Do you know? And yeah. it just sets that in their mind. It's
0: true, yeah. Absolutely true. Um, this is where we come to the front door. Yes. What, how 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 important is the front door? Well, I suppose it's just like a new pair of shoes. It can add that finishing touch to your outfit, or maybe a new tie. You might not have the greatest suit, but I've always been told if you get a really good quality tie, it just it just makes it look perfect. It yeah. just makes it look right so just the same way your uh, new pair of shoes can make an outfit absolutely wow your front door can be the icing on the cake for your kerb appeal as a i suppose it's a friendly invitation for for um for viewers to step inside yeah what's the your favorite
1: door, I, colors what's your yeah. favorite colors richard for front doors for me at the moment um well i know because i've got one <laughs> as a great i've got a, i've got a gray front door I'm an Oxford blue person. Yeah, well, I'll do like, it, it depends on the property, I think. Do you know, if you've got a period property, there's like, yeah. my sister's got a period property and her she's done her, her front door and it's it's jet black and it's got the the, the the silver or chrome fittings and it just looks, do you know what I mean? Do
0: you know what looks good as well is when you've got the traditional um, stone built terrace townhouses all mm. lined up and you've got an oxford blue and then you've got a yellow and then you've got red and then you've got you know it just goes all the different colors of the doors so it gives it individual characters but but it retains the original period of the properties without actually spoiling it and it looks looks
1: nice yeah i do and i like the, the color thing do you know i've seen i've seen a few over the years and it's like pillar box red but as yeah. long as it's freshly done and it's you know it's not flaking and things it, it could look really good and striking and stand out it has to be right i
0: mean you wouldn't put pillar box red in the middle of the, in the middle of the countryside no where, just, where just, most things think. are brown and you've got a red <laughs> yeah, yeah ah, you've, got to, you've got to watch because i mean pillar box red ideally could you know in somebody's mind if you get that wrong could actually be danger
1: yeah, do you know you? Yeah, that could that could trigger that with somebody of that kind of color. It can work, but obviously in the right circumstances. I find as well in countryside locations a, a lot like like an olive sagey green, colors yeah. quite nice. That's that, good. And that that works quite well.
0: Pampas green.
1: <laughs> Pampas green will haunt me
0: for the rest of my life. That's old nineteen seventies baths. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Oh, <laughs> Just makes you squirm when you when you see that. I'd, I'd still see it sometimes in some properties. pampas green bathroom suites. It's like wow, still lasting. I mean, when you think about that, say that's fifty years. Fifty years. Some people have still got these baths. That's unbelievable. That's just that just shows you the resilience of the materials that they used at that time, yeah. doesn't
1: it? Yeah, I'm always surprised. I still come across them sometimes.
0: So 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 front doors. Um, what are the things we've got to think about then when we we, we look at the front doors and focus on the front doors? What can we do to get this,
1: to get this curb appeal up? Yeah, so obviously we've got the exterior paints and they all come in all sorts of colors and things. And do you know, it is that smoldering charcoal gray color that's really in just now. I think we're all going to turn around one day and be like, why is everything gray? And then I have to do my whole house again. <laughs> I don't know about you, but every time people
0: when when before grey was actually a thing, everything people mention I'm going to do my house grey, I just I
1: just thought of battleship grey, and so yeah, that's going to be yeah. horrible. I know a lot of my house. Yeah, is grey. yeah, it works. Yeah, it does, and I hope it stays for a while. But um, but yeah, but then you've also got joyous like sometimes. <laughs> is that because your whole house is grey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not entirely, but most it is. But um. But yeah you've also got really like nice joyous colors like sunshine yellow and you've got the classic british tones um and you do have like poppy red or i say pillar box but poppy red and and racing green and you know so there's a lot of mixtures of colors and I mean, the right you're yeah i can't
0: right i can't can 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 bring it. myself to paint the mahogany woodwork i've got now it's no dark mahogany it's a real nice it's really good quality natural wood and I've had it for about 20 years, but I just, I, I could never think of just like putting a lick of paint over that. It's like these, these, I'd have that as well if
1: it's really good wood.
0: Yeah. I mean, the doors are beautiful. They're, they're, they're Houghtons, they're solid wood doors from mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And they're the typical, you know, you've got the, um, I think it's the nine panes at the top. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the solid at bottom with the, you know, Arnold the panel to the bottom. Yeah. The panel formation. But, but solid wood. You know they're they're really they're really good and and you know so the the bedroom doors and that as well are actually all solid wood but the 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 top is obviously replaced it's no got glass it's a it's proper um, panel and um, well moulded I wouldn't say panel because panel implies it's hollow. um I would say moulded a, yeah. a proper moulded door um, I, I think that's what I think that's I could never bring myself I don't think to ever paint over that. That's why when we got when the boys had a, a go at painting, I thought, could you've put paint on the bloomin' skin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you should have used masking tape. <laughs> yeah, I would be hesitant with that as well. And, and what I would probably say is, really good quality timber uh, doors are kind of yeah. timeless. So probably just do like a clear varnish on them or something just to make them.
0: Yeah, or 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 if you or if you think it's no in keeping with it in keeping with the current times, you could maybe think about either either um, stripping it. And then mm-hmm. revarnishing for a brighter door, or yeah. you could think about maybe maybe putting a stain on it to bring it down and tone it down, and uh, to to for the for the type of season that we're in, or maybe the the type of um, style that we're in at this point in time for for yeah. properties. I mean, if you if the other one is if your front door is beyond saving, um, with paint and it needs replaced, think about context, and I think it's important to stick with the original character. Uh, to maintain the most authentic look in the beginning, mm-hmm. because that's what that's what people expect. It's a classic when you've got the double storm doors. You know the you know the double doors are most you know got a big doorway, but you've got, half you've got the doors door, yeah. and they open yeah. up. Well, they call them storm doors. That's what that's what they're meant to be. I'm not very keen on calling it a storm door because it implies that there's going to be a huge. <laughs> storm yeah. but that's that's what that's what they were originally because we didn't have insulation. We didn't have proofing when you know wind proofing and all the rest and draft proofing and we didn't have any of that in the very beginning most people just used a big old curtain that went on the back of their door or they used you know they, they basically wrapped up a and what was the what was the cheap option a pair of tights and they used to put old socks in it as, as, a, as a draft, oh, yeah, the, the yeah.
1: draft is clear. yeah
0: and then that evolved into things like people would make wee sausage dogs and lions out of them
1: yeah
0: <laughs> the wee lion's head on it and all these different things. God, that takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's why I would probably say, if you're going to replace it, think about replacing it with the right sort of thing. It, it may cost, a, for example, UPBC. It may cost a, I know, a few hundred pounds extra, possibly to get the right, the right type of door or the right mm-hmm. colour of door. Um, but I probably think it's quite
1: important, isn't it? yeah and uh, doors, external doors can be quite expensive uh, i remember looking into doors myself I to uh, a from my own. Uh, and i, I, I looked at composite doors needless to say i didn't get one or i needed two because i thought i couldn't believe and you know well thankfully and I, I know joiners and i know contractors and things i bought doors off uh just uh, i think it was wax at the time as it works yeah. yeah so i bought them for wax and they're solid doors and i got the joiner to fit them and things and do you know, I've done it all for an amazing cost. Um, how did you so, manage, this is just a, because I've always
0: been perplexed by this, how did you manage to measure the door then to get the right size? Well, or was you, were good. you lucky enough at the fact that your door was the right size?
1: Well, I just... Well, you know, you then, just know the, the actual frame itself for, for your yeah. door. How well, you did do you... You do it for the internal but then obviously we didn't put new frames and things on so i just needed the actual door itself i think the doors that we got to replace it were just slightly off so they just needed planed so yeah. luckily off the rack eh, we were able to find them now, everybody's not going to have that on, eh, unfortunately do you know, doors come in all different sizes because you have the you have the
0: houses that are traditionally about maybe two or three hundred years old and yeah. some of these doors you'll, you you have to get bespoke to, yeah. to make them because Which there's no way the you're going to get a
1: standard size for that yeah, luckily enough i mean i'm in the next local uh, authority house and uh, the, the the doorways and things are pretty standard so you will be able to get them off the off the rack and things like wicks and screw fix and things it's, it's when you it's when you go to these nuke and
0: uh, and some of the other places that are actually you know maybe hundreds of years old and you look at some of these houses and you, you look at the doorway and you look at the, the height of the door when you think were people traditionally small at that
1: time? <laughs> well, I know uh, I know uh, what it's like in East Newt to get through doorways and things, and I've, I've knocked my head a few times, because I'm six foot five, obviously, for a people. But
0: when you think about it, you, you kind of thought to yourself, people weren't that wee, surely, about no, 200 no. years ago. They were, they were still tall people. So why? In-? this is one for people out there, if anybody knows that, why did why did they do doors so so small in terms of their height? Um, you know, all these hundreds of years ago. Why 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 was everything so small? Yeah. Why was the why was the window so small as well? You used to have just tiny wee windows in the room, and
1: and that was literally it for that whole room. I think in the East Nuke the small windows. I don't know. If I might be if I'm I might be incorrect. People could correct me. But I think if you're on the seafront and things, the windows were smaller because of the wind and the stuff. No, I suppose I think, that's a I good think. point. Right? But I don't yeah. know about the small doorways, because internal doorways as well. You didn't exactly small.
0: have draft proofing and double glazing at that time, yeah. didn't you? It was literally, uh, I, mean, and you were like, la- oh, i tell you what as well. Uh, uh, oh, I think the nails hit the, nails hit the head um, or the hammers hit the nail or whatever it is. Um, because I, I now think I remember it's because the manufacture of glass was so difficult at that time. Right. Okay. Literally, you were they were producing wafer thin glass. Where, because I remember when I was when I was a lad, I used to work with my dad. We used to clean <laughs> some of the windows at some of these big manor houses mm-hmm. at the back of these nuke out in the countryside, and literally, you had to be very careful because if you push too hard on that window, that pane, and it, mm-hmm. they're all in the wee sectional panes, if you push too hard on that pane, it will break. It was literally like wafer thin, and um, because the yeah, manufacturer.
1: There wasn't a, there was no thing, double glazing wasn't even a thing. Yeah. And and window panes would have been very thin, yeah. Aye. I never
0: thought it like that. So it was all a it was all a point of cost and how how easy it was to manufacture things like the windows and the doors themselves, I suppose. And I mean they wouldn't have you know you wouldn't really rock in and have a big jig, it'll just automatically cut out on mm. a CNC machine. Um in terms of manufacturing methods, you would have to do everything by hand, I suppose. Uh,
1: and yeah. you'd have to get yeah, a that. But it'd be interesting to hear if anybody's watching, if people are uh, familiar with East new or live in Eastbook, obviously, or in the East Nuke. Let us know why doorways are so small. And not just yeah. the exterior door, but internal as well. And the windows as well, eh? yeah.
0: Um, okay. So but uh, let's get back to the front doors and then how important it is then. I suppose it's just clean and polish, uh, a metal, um, any metal on the front door and the letter boxes. Uh, other ones are uh, you've got a brass letterbox or you've got a brass yeah. a brass uh, 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 door plate or something like that or a handle or numbers and um, then it's maybe time just to give it a, bit, a bit of a spruce up some people have for example in our cooper office we've got the big door plate it has mm-hmm. you know the, the brass door plate it has 97 bonnegate written on it now we never put that there uh, that's been there for years and years and years so um, after a period of time that just gets forgotten about because you never really remember it but it's really just a nice feature when somebody
1: walks up to a property and actually sees that and sees it just it, it just pings you know what, the we're they the, the leaving office as well has got one of the and it's the double door and it's got the big handles and the and oh, the letters box and we were actually talking about it the other day because all the leaves had blew in and the door i said the door on is wiped down that's exactly what we're talking about needs all wiped down and then i'll yeah. go trying to work out if the handles were brass or not and whether we could clean them up and because we are thinking that's what people see when they first come and it needs to be nice and tidy.
0: Caledonian house had storm doors as well and the previous mm-hmm. owner ripped them off and put a big solid, a uh, big solid fireball
1: that big solid doors there, you know.
0: Gutted absolutely gutted that 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 would be absolutely fantastic on that type of property mm-hmm. but he just took it off and put a blank a uh, blank door on and it, the blank door and, and the, you know the size of the frame and everything was so difficult. There's another thing as well, the, the double doors were put in because the hinges weren't able to cope with a, a bigger door, just mm-hmm. like you have these big massive windows. You don't, you, they, they, put, they usually put a split transom in because you can only get a square window and a tilt and turn. If you get anything bigger, then the hinges go out completely. And after a, maybe two or three months, the window can't even shut right because the locking mechanism can't actually line up anymore. So that causes real problems. Hence the reason why the doors were often, as well, bigger, bigger doorways yeah. were actually done with the double doors, the storm doors, in order to accommodate for that. But I, I wish I'd, I, wish these storm doors were back on that property. And and I might resurrect that one day and actually put them back on because I do think that's uh, that's a natural feature of that that property. I mean that's uh, Caledonian houses is, is about two hundred years old.
1: Yeah, it's a really old building. Yeah, two
0: hundred years, and it's that old. It, they never knew about cavity wall at that time. It's literally just two big two bricks stuck together. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no cavity in between. They, they never knew that, that that was a thing that you should do at that time. So that's how that's how old that building is. But it's uh, but I love it. You know, it's uh, it's a great property now, and that's why we've that's why we've recently renovated the whole front and refurbished it. We've got stonemason in to get that all back to speed, and then repoint it and make sure everything's uh, as it was before. Uh, just to maintain the buildings, um, so it's important. It's uh, really important uh, to maintain it because is uh, prevention better than cure? Because I'll tell you what, if you've got to, if you've got to sort something because it's damaged, the disruption is unbelievable. Yeah. And then trying to get a contractor, you know yourself, even us, we have the challenges with that. Try <laughs> to get a contractor to do this at this time of year is a practical impossible. Yeah, especially
1: a I'm really busy at this time of year.
0: Yeah, especially a roofer. There's no way a roofer's gonna go up. any sign of moss or wet or anything like that or damp, no going up.
1: No, it has no to have to wait until it's dry and safe to do so.
0: So literally, what's going to happen is your property is going to continually get battered by the elements and water still going to get in, and you can't do anything about it. That's why that's why prevention is better than cure. So regular maintenance overall, all year round, is probably the most important thing to do now finally what i would say to you is never underestimate the power of a glowing porch lamp with a soft tone bulb not only for a warm and wonderful welcome but also for viewers to find their way in darker evenings because it is getting darker literally yeah. you're getting to about half four now and it's like is it time to go to bed
1: i know i know it's <laughs> like it takes you to get used to it but you're definitely right about
0: a clock and looking outside and thinking is it bedtime yet? Is it bedtime yet? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just almost, almost putting up with, it and just, I'm just, I'm just, it's like a marathon. To, mm. I, I wait till about half nine, because I know if I go to bed at eight o'clock, I'll be up at twelve. You'll be up, but yeah, right. So I'm, I'm waiting till about half nine, ten o'clock, and just, just like, <laughs> almost like boredom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're definitely right about the having that glow and that light at your, at the, at the entrance door. You know, at last it was last time about this year, and I was walking the dog, and one of the houses close to where I live, and the woman's got it really nice, and in her front porch entrance, but she's got a big, um, like a big candle um, lantern, and she's got the, um, the remote control candles in it, the flameless candles, yeah. but they light up, and to see when it's just like that dusky, not dark but not light time, and she's got that all lit up, and I used to actually yeah. walk that way just to see it because it's that nice. Mm-hmm.
0: So my question to everybody out there just before we're finishing off is how does your curb appeal actually uh, compare to what we've just talked about? Uh, and, and it's the whole thing, you know, if you're looking to sell your home in Fife this autumn, then, you know, we'd love to help you maximize that value. Yeah. But get us out before you start that journey. Yeah. Get us out get the facts, to get the right advice, to tell you what you should be doing and what you, more importantly, what you shouldn't be doing, because that could end up costing you an absolute fortune. You'll never, Ever recover in cost? Yeah. Final question for you, Richard.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say. Hopefully, if uh, you're considering selling and selling something that you're your is in your uh, plan, then hopefully what we have spoke about this morning will make you think about. Oh God, I never thought about my care appeal, and that's the things like the garden and the exterior and everything we've covered today. So, any questions? Then you could, of course, come to us. Um, Perfect. And hopefully that's been helpful this morning. Thanks for letting me join,
0: Jim. Absolutely. Thank you very much for coming on, Richard, and to everybody. Yeah. Bye for now.
1: Bye.